Hey folks, Ben here. I didn't end up recording and posting a, an episode this past week, mostly because after the the most recent episode that I did publish, I ended up hearing from a lot of different folks about all the issues that they're seeing at their local clubs about lack of volunteering and matches filling up and not enough matches and matches going away over COVID and all that. And as I went through it and, and tried to put an episode together from it, I mean, there wasn't really one common thread other than there are issues and and people are concerned and there are a lot of clubs that are either going outlaw or going to other sports and honestly it just depressed the heck out of me and when i when i tried to record an episode about it i just i couldn't i couldn't say anything constructive it was just all doom and gloom and i don't want the podcast to be that i want there to always be this idea of here's the bad stuff but it can get better and i just couldn't find the the, the bright side to that stuff so I ended up just not, rather than posting something I wasn't proud of, I just didn't have anything to say that week. But as it would happen, the podcast that I recorded a couple weeks ago with Alex Mansfield just dropped today. So that today is Monday, March 20th, and it's about an hour and a half long. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty good discussion. We, do, we talk about my past a little bit, but uh, for the most part, a lot of it is kind of talking about the issues I'm seeing, what I'd like to see happening in the in USPSA. There definitely is a, a lot of sort of positive vision there, proposing ideas and, and hopeful changes that hopefully give people some sense of the fact that I don't just enjoy tearing things down and saying that everything's terrible, but I actually want the sport to be better. I want it to be healthy. I want to move in a positive direction. So check it out. It's on his his feed. The show is called Many Talks Shooting. It's episode 94 with Ben Barry. I will put in a, a little snippet here that I, I think is interesting, but if you go over to his feed and listen to it, there's no need to listen to the rest of this episode because you'll you'll hear everything in that episode, and so you don't need to hear it twice. But anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. So if you're going to say, like, you're, if you're going to say your biggest idea or something you want to give off to the shooters is how you'd make things better. Do you have anything you think of that? Yeah, I I think that we need to look at USPSA less as as a hobby and more as a sport. It it a sport can be a hobby, but we need to look at it as a as a sport. We need to not just look at what is going to maximize participation, mm-hmm. right? This idea of well let's just let's just keep chipping away at the barriers to entry. Let's Let's add the ability to have this, add the ability to have that, make, make everything allowed in more and more divisions. It's not working. What we need is a, a fair set of rules that people who are interested in competing with guns will find a spot in. So for example, I, I, don't, I don't think that we need to be making divisions focused on guns. We need to be making divisions focused on shooters. We want to say, what types of shooters do we want to create a home for? And as I've said on my podcast, I, I see sort of three main tiers. I see the people who want to shoot a relatively stock gun, and you can have a stock iron, stock optics division, but this is something that's not heavily modified. You're running factory magazines in some configuration. You're not chasing flat followers and, and springs and trying to jam one more round in the magazine and all that. You're just buying the gun, shooting it with the mags it came with. Maybe you put some, some easier to grab base pads on it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, more more like IPSC production than than USPSA production. So production optics, production 
And then you have a sort of a middle tier where you can have your, it doesn't have to be a factory produced gun, but it's, it's still not a, an open gun. So that would be limited. And then you have the, the sort of fully custom, do whatever you want, comps, lights, lasers, optics, magwells, 147s, or once, not 147s, uh, 170 millimeter magazines go nuts. Right. And, and I think the way I look at it is we want there to be a place for those people. And so when you talk about limited, uh, limited optics being added to the sport, I don't see that it actually opens up an avenue to a type of shooter that if they chose to, could not find a place in the sport to compete. People Mm -hmm. who say, Oh, I need the sport to accommodate me with the gun I already own. I don't think those people are, are really our target market. What you want is a sport where people can come in and they can say, oh, I might own this gun that's not super competitive, but I can either sell it or you know, buy something that is so that, but it doesn't have to be radically expensive, mm-hmm. right? If you want to shoot in the stock category, having a couple of magazines, a holster, mag pouch, I mean, a thousand bucks, 1200 bucks for a, a polymer framed something or other, three or four magazines, a holster, a belt, it, it's not unreasonable. And then you can decide what level you want to compete at. But yeah, I think to me, when I, when I look at all the decisions in the past five, six years that really look like they went the wrong way to me, most of them were focused around trying to increase participation at the cost of competitiveness. I mean, we can, we can talk about the, the way that there was this, this flashlight rule was added with zero thought for how it was going to get gamed, how it was going to be enforced. The fact that they added it I don't remember exactly. It was it. It was a month or two before production nationals. They're they're significantly modifying a division mm-hmm. right before a nationals. For what? Because people say they they need to to have a flashlight on their gun to come shoot the sport. Sorry, you can take the flashlight off in ten seconds. If if the thing if the barrier between you and coming to participate in the sport is ten seconds to take the flashlight off your gun, I don't think you're going to be that dedicated to the sport in the end. Mm-hmm. And so trying trying to cater to those people trying to trying to just make the sport more about participation right measuring the quality of a nationals not by the the level of competitiveness in the division but by the number of people that registered i mean i, I still remember when when uh there was an interview mike foley was giving about the nine days of nationals which was legitimately a unique and interesting format but the first thing he says about it is it's the biggest event and i'm like is that is that the goal of a nationals to be as big as possible? Cause I shot one of those nine days of nationals and it felt like shooting a club match registration there. I mean, the, the vendor village was nothing spectacular registration was just like showing up to a club match. It was, I think we shot seven stages a day for three days in a row. It wasn't a particularly long match. The stages weren't particularly challenging. And when the metric is how many people can we get in versus how can we make this sport the best test of the people at the top end, the people make it a, make it something where being invited to nationals should mean something, right? When I tell people, Oh, I'm going to nationals. They're like, wow, you must've worked really hard to get there. And I'm like, <laughs> I paid my $300, right? Yeah. <laughs> then I got a slot. <laughs> and and the, the fact that people naturally assume that getting to go to the national championship of your sport means something and it doesn't, that's not the way I think it should be. I think right. going to national, like if somebody tells you I went to the CrossFit games now, obviously CrossFit's a much bigger sport, but bear with mm-hmm. me. If someone tells you, you know, I went to the CrossFit games, even coming in 40th at the CrossFit games is still 40th at the CrossFit games. So I, I think 
I want to apply this idea of, of having competitiveness and the sport as a lens that we judge everything through. Now, I'm not saying we run the sport purely for the benefit of the GMs. I'm not, for example, people, people think that's one of the reasons I'm a proponent of staff reset is, is, oh, the GMs have more time to, you know, sit and clean mags or whatever. And actually I think, I think staff reset is more of an advantage to lower class shooters because they can just focus on shooting the, a lot of cases, the higher level you get, the more quickly you can visualize in a good stage plan. I, I think something like staff reset is good for people at all levels, not just for competitors, but I think it also happens to have the benefit of increasing fairness because you don't have competitors scoring each other's targets. You don't have questions about whether a mover was reset correctly and all that. And so to me, I, I think the, the, the balance of the decision-making needs to be a little bit more around how is this going to affect actual competition? For example, the, the, the popper calibration rule to me, anything, and this is more of a, more of a CRO thing, but anything that causes a, a, a stage to be frozen until the range master can come over is that's death to running an efficient match. So job number one for fixing calibration for me would have been something that didn't require the stage to be frozen and the RO to be called or the RM to be called over. Whether you, whether you say, okay, if it's a full diameter hit in the calibration zone, it counts as a hit. Or you say, if it doesn't fall down, it's an automatic reshoot, whatever it is, keep the stage moving. To me, that's goal number one. Mm -hmm. But this idea that we're going to fix it by just making the, just doing the bad process a second time. I mean, it definitely is better. You're, you're, you're less likely to get screwed by it, but it just, this, this view, I don't feel like I see in what little comes out of the board. Now the board minutes have started to be more forthcoming, but from what I see coming out of the board, I don't see this represented at all. And I would like to, to contribute that voice. I would like to take some of the ideas that I have that I've tried to, to put out into the world in the podcast, in the influence I've had on matches and the, in that sort of thing, I'd like to be able to bring those to a, to a wider audience and hopefully have a positive influence on the sport so that it's still in a good spot when my kids are ready to start shooting it. 